You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Thursday edition. Our guest today is Lauren Cox. He is the host of Locked On Bears. What's going on in Chicago? Allen Robinson franchise tag quarterback Russell Wilson trade maybe we'll get the latest on the Bears and their offseason plans this episode brought to you by rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com tell them locked on sent you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL is where you can find Matt and I on Twitter get those questions in for uh, probably hit a couple of questions tomorrow some overflow two-minute drill questions because there was so much news we didn't get to a ton of it Tuesday and uh, next week there's going to be a lot of free agent maneuvering so I don't know how many questions we're going to get to but keep those coming just in case and maybe we'll try to filter some throughout the week that that maybe meet up with some of the latest news going on in the league and the latest going on today Matt for us is a couple of surprising ones and we saw how much it hurt the Kansas City Chiefs to not have their bookend tackles in the Super Bowl, and they're going to continue to not have those bookend tackles, so they got to figure something out this offseason. They have cut both left tackle Eric Fisher, right tackle Mitchell Schwartz, both players injured, uh, both player, and it's looking like Mitchell Schwartz now seeing reports that he might actually be retiring. So uh, hmm. that's the entire plan of the offseason for the Kansas City Chiefs to get the offensive line set and protect their franchise quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. At least they get um, Tardy DuVernay back. For, I, I assume I'm pretty sure he's coming back from the opt out. Uh, and so you get a starting guard back in the equation. But even their starting center is a free agent. This is big news. I mean, the more I think about it, I'm not super shocked because of the the injuries, the expense, the age, particularly with Schwartz. But every mock in the world is going to have the 31st pick being an offensive tackle, Jalen Mayfield, or somebody along those lines. And they better grab somebody in free agency, too. And it gets to be tough. They don't have a ton of spending space. And unfortunately, this week or two leading into free agency, there's a lot of bloodletting around the league. And the one thing these guys have going for them, a a guy like Fisher, is if you sign him, he doesn't count against the, uh, the comp pick equation. So they become a little more attractive than the true free agents. But it's rough. You know, if you're a good, not great player making great player money, you're in trouble. And I think the Chiefs saved maybe $12 million against the salary cap this year with those moves, but then, you know, you have to go out and sign somebody too. So I don't know how much money they actually end up saving, but the, the, you know, trying to find somebody more healthy for them that they can count on next year going into week one will be a huge key. And no doubt the draft I already had them taking an offensive tackle in the draft uh, in my mock draft. And that was before these cuts. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, Free agency and the draft for the Kansas City Chiefs among the offensive line. And there's a ton of players getting cut now that we have a salary cap number at $182.5 million for 2021. There was uh, John, what, uh, John Brown, Kevin Zeitler, Riley Reef, a bunch of restructures. Cardinals released Robert Alford, cornerback. Saints released Janoris Jenkins. They released Emmanuel Sanders as well. So, uh, and it's not over. I think we're going to still wow. see a bunch of a trickling in of cuts up until uh, free agency and maybe even after as teams try to get under that salary cap and, and do some maneuvering this offseason. Yeah, I mean, Kenny Vaccaro, Quinton Jefferson. You know, I mean, it's, there's about 10 to 12 names probably since we got together last week or yesterday that are not household names, but are quality NFL players that are being let go. It wouldn't shock me when we get together Friday at the same time, another 10 are on the 
on the chopping block. It's unfortunate, but that's the way it goes. And I mentioned it doesn't mean that these guys' career is over. I mean, they're, you know, John Brown's a perfect example, or Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, those guys can still play. They could be a third receiver for many teams around the league. But as we've talked about a lot, you look at the the cheap talent of wide receiver that's flooding the NFL year to year, and this year's no different. I can find somebody that can do John Brown's job at a fraction of the price. And they used a fourth round pick on Gabriel Davis last year, who's you know close enough. So there you have it. Right. Yeah. And that's the right way to do it. I think for an NFL team and keep filtering in those mid round day two, day three wide receivers, cheap talent. And we're seeing a lot of really good ones that are really coached up well in the college level and, and ready to play early in their careers. Cowboys restructured three offensive line uh, contracts, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, and Lyle Collins clearing up $17 million. And so that's the other thing is now a team comes to you and says, hey, we want to restructure your contract. Uh, you better say yes unless you're gonna, you you want to be a free agent too because that's what we're seeing around the league. I think it was Brandon Cooks as well restructured his contract, adding voidable years at the end is, is the new trick that a lot of teams are doing right now to spread Christian that McCaffrey did it yesterday as well. Yeah, McCaffrey on a brand new contract. Yeah. He's only played a couple games on that new contract since signing yeah. last offseason. So uh, it's pretty amazing, and it's going to continue to happen around the league, and we'll see if uh, any teams benefit from it, from either being one of the few teams like the Jets, Jaguars, Patriots that do have a lot of money under the cap and can go sign some of the free agents when other teams can't compete, or if some good teams uh, get lucky and are able to sign a lot of cheap one-year free agents that – want to come play, raise their stock, and then hit the market again next year. Yeah, yeah, we talked about a ton. I mean, I think that's going to be the trend. It wouldn't shock me to your point if, I don't know, the Colts or the Patriots or whomever, somebody that has a lot of money, hey, John Brown, you want to get you want to get locked up before free agency opens? You know, you can negotiate with those guys. So in a way, it's better to get cut now than later. One more quick note before we get to Lauren Cox and talk Chicago Bears, and, and they definitely have something to figure out in the trade market and, and wide receiver. Here's a note from Mike Garofolo about the Patriots that have been in trade talks, and they are shopping former, was he a first-rounder? He was very into the first Nikhil round. Harry, top of the second yeah. round, wide receiver Nikhil Harry, who's been a bust so far in his first couple seasons with the Patriots. I don't know what he would actually get the Pats, but they need wide receivers too. So it's kind of odd to be trading one and a, and a young one who was a high draft pick, trading them away when they still need more of that position. Yeah. It's not a ringing endorsement for the young man or their ability to draft receivers high. I mean, I wouldn't give you anything more than a fourth for him, maybe a fifth. I mean, I don't think his stock is particularly high and I'm not going to give a lot up for him. Also, when you see those comps, and we see one college player every year get compared to a faster Anquan Bolden. And I saw it this year with a Jamar Chase. It scares me because Nikhil Harry got the same thing. If you can't separate on the college level, I don't know why you think you're going to be able to separate on the pro level. And that's usually the knock on players that get that faster, uh, that faster Anquan Bolden comparison. There is only one Anquan Bolden for a reason. You don't need to be drafting mm-hmm. four receivers that run four six or that can't separate on the college level, and expect that you're going to get Anquan Bolden because those are once in a generation, if that type of wide receivers. There's only one Anquan Bolden for a reason. Those those kind of names scare me, and that's really what jumps out to me with Nikhil Harry because I watched his tape and I thought, eh, and I, I didn't like him a lot. And people are talking about him as a first round player. It's like if I'm gonna draft a first round receiver, he better be open at the college level. Yeah, right. In the Pac-10, I mean, you should be getting open all the time. And that's been a big problem with them. And the other issue that the Patriots have a lot with the receivers, and maybe this isn't as much as last year, but 
the playbook is so developed and everything's the same that these guys are way behind on learning the offense and a lot of option routes and things like that, especially when Brady was there. Um, now the passing game was just a disaster last year, but man, they need weapons so badly. Which is why probably uh, they're going to add a tight end and probably a wide receiver in the free agent market. And I think there was a quote from either Bill Belichick himself or somebody that was sourcing somebody in the building or Bill Belichick himself uh, that wa- that said something to the effect of, it's so hard drafting wide receivers, might as well just quit and, and sign guys that you know what they already are because or, or just draft late round About guys. About time you realize yeah, that. They're not like, so yeah, good at it. I know, it's tough, and they've had a rough time. And they drafted two tight ends last year, and so they're still in the market for wide receivers and tight ends. Oh, yeah, and a quarterback too. So we're going to have to uh, dive into their uh, Entire their offseason as well because, man, uh, the Patriots have some things to figure out. It's actually pretty amazing what they were able to do to get to seven wins last year with that roster. So throw in a quarterback, maybe a couple playmakers. Might be talking about a, a New England Patriots playoff again uh, next season. Never know. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly trust Bill on game day to get the most out of whatever roster they have. Um, but creating an entire passing game in one offseason is a chore, to say the least. Let's talk Allen Robinson, Mitch Trubisky, Maybe Russell Wilson and the Chicago Bears with Lauren Cox next. I really love when things are made easy for me like they are at rockauto.com because I like to be a do-it-yourselfer with a lot of things in life. Not the greatest when it comes to cars. It's amazing because you can find everything you need so easily. It's a no-nonsense website at rockauto.com. Find exactly what you need. Know that the prices are going to be low and they always reliably are. Was it a rough winter on your vehicle? You need some new wiper blades. You need uh, a new tail lamp. You need new tires. Whatever you need. Jumper cables, big parts, small parts, engine control modules, whatever those are. They have them at rockauto.com for your specific car or truck. Why spend up to twice as much for the same Parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com March Madness is here and the folks at Built Bar are joining in, uh, urged on by us in our Locked On Network DMs, arguing about which is the best Built Bar flavor, well, Now we've got a bracket to really hash things out. I'm team peanut butter, like the entire peanut butter family for me. So we've got some play-in rounds this week, round of 16 next week, round of eight the following week, uh, final four, then April 2nd, the Built Bar Championship. Which flavor of Built Bars will reign supreme? Some powerhouse matchups today. Caramel brownie versus lemon almond cheesecake. Then we've got cherry barcia and carrot cake with Walnuts. Carrot cake with walnuts, surprisingly good, but Cherry Barcia is a rock-solid flavor. If you know the ice cream, uh, you will love the Built Bar Cherry Barcia. I expect that to be a runaway winner. What is your favorite flavor of Built Bar? Go to BuiltBar.com and vote. Find Bar underscore Built on Twitter to make your voice heard. And go pick yourself up a box of Built Bars with promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off. Our guest today, Lauren Cox, he is the host of Locked on Bears. He is going to help us break down what's going on in Chicago over the course of the 2021 offseason as we head toward free agency, the draft. Uh, there's some big names there hitting free agency for 
the Bears? What might they be looking for? And for me, the big question is quarterback. Where are they going? Is it the trade market? Is it the draft? Is it free agency? Is it all of the above? So, uh, Lauren, I'm glad you're here with us on today to, to help us figure out the Chicago Bears because I'm having a tough time with it. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I'm, I'm having a little bit of a tough time with it, too, because they've got just a whole realm of possibilities and they haven't done much to help us narrow it down other than just the ongoing rumor mill with Russell Wilson that always feels like it's going somewhere and then never ends up going anywhere. I saw today that there was Vegas odds that were taken off the board for where Russell Wilson will land. And all of a sudden, the Chicago Bears odds for winning the Super Bowl skyrocketed all this morning. Ah. Do you have any insight on that one? No, I don't. I have seen updated odds today that came back with actually the Jets having better odds than the Bears. It, it started because Josina Anderson from ESPN, you know, she's always ended up pretty plugged in on a lot of these things with the Bears in particular. And she tweeted something early afternoon about how, you know, the Bears are going to be aggressive and going after Russell Wilson and kind of reiterating some things that we'd already heard. And then it was like five something p.m. And I don't even remember which time zone it was in. In the evening, she tweeted just the word whelp and that was great. Bears Come on, fans. Josina. It was one word, four letters. That's not, that's not fair to, to Bears fans to do that to him, man. I know. I mean, this is, a, this is a franchise that's desperate, and it's a fan base that's desperate for elite quarterback play. And It seems like they're the only team that's being talked about at all right now with Russell Wilson because they're the only one of the four teams that Russell Wilson floated out there that seems like a realistic option at this point because the Saints are in an even worse salary cap space than the Bears. The Cowboys just re-signed Dak Prescott to the monster deal. And the Raiders keep saying how much they love Derek Carr, even though I don't know that that totally eliminates them, but it does kind of leave the Bears as the last team standing there. But they're not in a great position to make the trade either. And I'm not keeping my fingers crossed that that deal is actually going to get done. All right, I got to get this out of the way. I mean, whenever I heard the Bears on Wilson's list, I immediately was like, hmm, what's he seeing them? And then since then, it's kind of like, okay, he could be a Bears legend. He could be the best Bears quarterback in history. I just don't know what the Bears can give up. I mean, if you come up with any kind of package to give back, I mean, four first-round picks, I'm not sure it gets it done because – this year's is a little bit late compared to some other competitors. And if you give them Russell Wilson, that's probably a pick in the twenties for the next three years, Khalil Mack. And, you know, certainly would carry some weight, but I mean, what would it take? I mean, do you have any kind of packages in mind? Yeah, it's obviously a lot of first round picks is the starting point, but then mm -hmm. you have to get some talented players going back to the Seahawks to, to make this start to work. Khalil Mack is obviously the big name, but, there's a lot of financial challenges here for both right, teams. Right. If, the Bears, if the Bears trade Mac, I think they'll take in like a 20 or so million dollar dead cap hit. I don't remember the exact number that they would just have to pay to not have Khalil Mack. But at the same time, the Seahawks are looking at like 30 plus million dollars of dead cap on Russell Wilson that they would have to take if they traded Russell Wilson. So maybe you could work some restructurings there, but it seems like somebody's going to have to take some dead money in some direction that neither team, well, no team has a lot of salary cap space to just take that all in. So I'd, I'd look more at like younger bears players. Roquan Smith has been the one that's been floated out there a lot, but even he, you know, he's about to hit his fifth year option and, and then needs a new contract extension. Yeah. So does it take away some of his value in a trade maybe, but Jalen used the first round pick on a linebacker last year yeah, too. Exactly. Right, right. 
it's hard to find the natural fits here. The rookie cornerback from last year, Jalen Johnson, a very promising second round pick. Good one. Yeah. Maybe even be more valuable to the Bears, though. You know, do the Seahawks view him as highly as the Bears do after such a stellar season? Or Darnell Mooney, the rookie fifth round pick, you know, do, do they all automatically carry this huge value after one strong season of showing? You know, I mean, it's like, how how do you kind of parse this out and find something for the Bears? I think it's just like, you go to the Seahawks and say, who else are you going to trade him to? You know, who else is offering you a package? Who else can absorb Russell Wilson? Like they kind of have to count on the Seahawks and Wilson getting to the point of no return where maybe the Bears get a little bit of leverage back in those negotiations. It's it's really hard to kind of put together. I mean, maybe a guy like Cole Komet or even David Montgomery would be attractive to Seattle. Chris Carson's a free agent. He fits their style, but that's just not enough. You know, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't carry enough weight. Yeah, it, it's just, it's all kind of, I don't want to call them B-tier players because they're good, right, right. they're quality young starters, but the Bears don't have a superstar. I mean, Khalil Mack, and they could tag him. They tagged Allen Robinson. They could try and trade him if he they got him to sign the tag, which is already a, a challenging situation the Bears are trying to work through. But they, they just don't have young. The first cheap. contract stud to sell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really difficult, too, because if they trade too many pieces for Russell Wilson, now what's left of your team or to put around Russell Wilson, are, are you going to look a lot like the Houston Texans looked last year with a star quarterback, but still only winning four or five games? Yeah, see, that's why, like, Deshaun Watson makes more sense for the Bears in terms of if the Texans were actually going to explore that trade, because Watson can be your quarterback for the next, you know, 10 to, you know, I don't want to say 15 years, but for a long time, whereas, you know, you're kind of entering this win-now window with Russell Wilson, where you know you got, you know, five to maybe seven if this quarterback trend can kind of keep going. So like maybe you can understand that this off this season is going to be a step backwards, even with Russell Wilson, with all the talent around him in Chicago dissipating a little bit, but maybe you can try and work things better. But I think from the Bears standpoint, their general manager knows if he doesn't do it this off season, he's going to be fired. So there's no, you don't have to think about, okay, well, how good is my team going to be around Russell Wilson? Just get that guy and we'll figure it out later and I'll keep my job. Lauren, we've been doing this draft ditty series and the Bears had two nuggets that I thought were interesting slash disturbing is first of all, they've used very little draft capital on offensive linemen over the last handful of years compared to the rest of the league. And I'm sure as you're very aware of their average starting draft position is very low. I mean, there's a lot of trade ups and mortgaging the future. There's trades for Mac. Are those things you've been critical of or worrisome of? Do you think they could be changing for the better? You know, I mean, and get a few, get more picks in the building. Yeah, it's it's hard because you have a general manager that has had some trouble in the first round, in particular. You know, yeah, yeah. first three drafts: Kevin White, Leonard Floyd, Mitch Trubisky. Is some very very mixed results there, to say the least. Makes you a little gun shy. Yeah, absolutely. So like. When he traded two first round picks for Khalil Mack, it was kind of like, well, now now you don't have to miss on those first round picks. You got a guaranteed player. Like there was a certain uh, relief. That's what on- Seattle does. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it it's it prevents you from making those makes and Los Angeles Rams now too are, are kind of getting in this game. But he's had some really strong hits, particularly in the fourth and fifth rounds. You know, think back to Eddie Jackson. Jordan Howard was a fifth a fifth round pick. Tariq Cohen in the fourth round. The starting defensive lineman Bilal Nichols kind of came out of nowhere as a fifth round guy. You know, Dar- Darnell Mooney this year, fifth round wide receiver starts week one and looks like a really promising pick. So like 
he's hit enough on day three to make up for not only not having first round picks, but you know, not doing well on the first round picks he's had, but he has this propensity to trade up and not properly value his assets in the future and know where he drafts well and where he doesn't. And it's, it's been frustrating for sure. Not to monopolize the subject, but I mean, I'm sure that if you took the last 200 draft day trades, the team trading down is one more than the team trading up. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. And, you know, Ryan Pace is big on having this conviction. You know, when we when there's a guy we like, we want to make sure we go up and get him. And, you know, they did that with Mitch Trubisky. They did that with Leonard Floyd. You know, they did it with, with David Montgomery. And again, it's like, are you getting the best value out of the assets that you're getting rid of in order to, like, is this player so much better than everybody else on your team? You know, they, they traded up in the fifth round this past year and gave up a future fourth round pick that they're now out of. And Ryan Pace is always so good in the fourth round. Like, why are you giving up the picks in the rounds? You're good at, yeah. You just find those values as opposed to, you know, six. it's one thing when you're just get, dumping sixth and seventh round picks around. Sure. Like that's fine, but it's, you know, it's the move up in the third and the second round he traded a, a future second round pick one year to, to trade back into the second round. I mean, they've just they've done questionable things, and it's been it's been frustrating and only slightly made up by good picks found later in the draft. All right, we're going to get into some of the specific free agents on the Bears and what the Bears might be trying to do outside of Russell Wilson at quarterback and other positions on the roster. Coming up with Lauren Cox of Lockdown Bears. It is tourney time. March Madness is upon us. And of course, betonline.ag is all over it. Props, totals, brackets, whatever you want to get involved in, you can at BetOnline when it comes to March Madness in the college basketball tournament. There is football futures, NFL drafts. Where will Deshaun Watson play in 2021? Where will Russell Wilson play in 2021? NBA, NHL. Major League Baseball, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online even covers awards shows, TV shows, reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And don't forget to use promo code locked on for your welcome deposit bonus. Table games, you like to play poker, blackjack, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code either. Locked on to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. By the way, I do want to shout out really quick our colleague at Locked On Seahawks, Corbin Smith, who had running back Alex Collins on his podcast. And here was an interesting quote. It said, no matter what it is, I'm ready to learn the scheme, the identity, what we will potentially be in the future, Collins said. I feel like once the decision is made on Russ, we'll be able to really focus on that aspect and what they want to be able to do and let us know. Does that sound like a running back that expects to take handoffs from Russell Wilson next year? Or is that guy a guy just reading the newspaper like we are and doesn't know what the, the future holds there and is just glad to have a job in the NFL? But when I heard that quote, I thought, wow, that's that's kind of a candid quote from a guy who really doesn't believe that Russell Wilson's going to be there. I would think most people in that locker room are like, yeah, no way Russ is going anywhere. Well, you know, it, it speaks to these scheme issues or I guess debates that they've had in Seattle and this back and forth of like Russell Wilson wanting control over the offense versus Pete Carroll and, and Schottenheimer and how they're going to operate the system there. And like, I can't help but think about the Chicago bears and 
the similar frustrations they've had over the last three years of like Matt Nagy's offense and then kind of tweaking things with Mitch Trubisky and how they're going to make it fit around him. And then Nick Foles comes in and they go back to a little bit more of the Matt Nagy offense. And then Foles gets hurt and they shift to almost a Shanahan like offense late this past year. Like the bears offensive identity hasn't even been super clear. So is Russell Wilson going to come to Chicago and have control over the offense? Are they going to have the same, are they going to be on the same page? Are they going to be able to make that work better than he did with within than it could with Pete Carroll and the offensive coordinators they've gone through in Seattle. It just, it's part of why Chicago feels like a weird destination there for a lot of the same reasons it's been uncomfortable in Seattle. You mentioned Trubisky, and I don't know if he'll be back or not, or if he's a fallback plan. What's your quick thumbnail sketch of him right now in his career? He's, you know, I think he's in a similar spot to Marcus Mariota right now in terms of where their trajectories are going. For me, he's a guy that he's a, a low end starting caliber quarterback slash, you know, high end backup. He, he's yeah. a guy that he can come in and win. You you can win football games with Mitch Trubisky, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to consistently win you football games. He's limited from a coverage reading standpoint from going through a full progression. But if you really tailor a system around him and give him a good supporting cast, he's a guy that, yeah, you can, you can be successful with, but you're not banking on him to become something greater than he is at this point. I want to take a look at the the draft pick there as it, and maybe close the door here on quarterbacks because if you're not able to do anything when you're the Chicago Bears looking at you know plan A or plan B or whatever it might be in the trade market and you still haven't re-signed Mitch and you're trying to figure out what you want to do at quarterback and it's draft day, do you think pick 20 is that spot to go get a guy? Do they move up for a Mac Jones or a Trey Lance or try to get you know as high as the top 10 for one of those quarterbacks? Do they maybe take the leftovers at quarterback, draft a, someone like Kyle Trask a little too high at pick 20 or move down and just roll with this, the Kevin Mond or Kellen Mons of the world and, and, and see what they have there and try to develop a, a middle round quarterback? I'm, that's the hard part for me with the Bears because of where they're drafting. We talked with Cody Rourke of Locked on Broncos yesterday. It's a lot easier for them to figure it out. First of all, they have Drew Locke in place and they have the ninth pick. Uh, for a team like the Bears at 20, it's a lot more difficult to figure out how they can fix quarterback. And so maybe that would make them do something a little bit more dramatic, like throw everything they can at, at a quarterback on the trade market. Yeah, when Ryan Pace was hired as general manager, he said something along the lines of, you know, ideally you'd like to draft a quarterback every year just to get another young player in your room. And you never know if one of those late round guys could be the next Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson, or of course, Tom Brady in the sixth round. Like it's always valuable to draft quarterbacks. Since he said that he has drafted one quarterback, Mitch. So they never do it though. <laughs> it's, it's been one of the biggest frustrations. I think for, for a lot of bears fans, it's like even, even before Mitch, but in the last couple of years too, like get somebody young in there just to have, I mean, they've been running with Tyler Bray as their third quarterback for the last three years. I mean, the guy is like 30 and has thrown, five NFL passes in his career. He's really a, a legend in terms of getting a bunch of money for never playing, but like that's all a, a long way of saying like, yes, the bears absolutely have to draft a quarterback this year. It would be, I mean, unless they don't, unless they get Russell Wilson or, or sure. Sean Watson, of course, but like, even if they sign, I don't know, Alex Smith or, you know, even Jameis Winston, even I would still draft a quarterback. You just need to get young talent in this building. The problem is like, if I'm Ryan Pace, I look at this draft class and like, I see a lot of guys, you know, outside of the, the top guys that are just, you know, the, the ceiling don't, don't feel super high on guys like Mac Jones and, you know, Davis Mills, Jamie Newman, Sam Ellinger, you know, like they're, 
they're, they're guys that could be Nick Foles, but I already have Nick Foles. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, the ceiling could be a little bit higher. Kirk Cousins, there's there's some argument to be had there. But like, if I'm Ryan Pace, I need to swing for the fences. I need to draft a quarterback that has that high upside. Like, I'm done. I'm done playing it safe with these guys. I'm I'm trading up. I, you know, I'm going up there. I'm getting whichever one of the top four ends up fourth, and however low I think I can wait to get them. That's where I'm going to go because I just don't feel like Mac Jones is that swing for the fences. I don't feel like Kyle Trask is quite that swing for the fences. You know, they're just not, they don't give me that extra something at quarterback that the bears just haven't had in a long time. And I, think- I hear exactly what you're saying and, and, and trading up for a trade Lance or something like that would be really intriguing to me. Um, the two that I would kind of target though, after that, and Brian mentioned it. I mean, I think Mond and Jamie Newman on day two could be, you know, at least somewhat of a high upside guy. I've really warmed up to Mac Jones more and more over the last couple of weeks. And BP, we haven't talked much about that. But boy, the wind in Chicago and the elements would be an awful fit for him. Yeah, and the supporting cast as things Doesn't start help. Yeah. to fall apart here. I mean, the Bears not exactly still- Bama. Yeah, I mean, they got Allen Robinson, they got Darnell Mooney, but they're still, that, that was one of the, sort of caveats with Mitch Trubisky is right. Did they, did they ever fully support him the way he needed to? Probably not, but you ideally you don't want to have to support a number two overall quarterback that much, but Mac Jones obviously would come in with very, very different expectations. Let's talk about some of the other free agents here for the Chicago bears. You touched on Allen Robinson a little bit, and he's one of the, the big time free agents in the league, but they slapped the franchise tag on him. And I didn't realize that he had already signed that tender. So that might change things from a perspective of being able to trade him or what they want to do long-term with a contract with Allen Robinson. But the more I think about it, this is actually kind of great for Allen Robinson in this funky off season with the cap shrinking to lock himself into a nice salary for one year. And then he's still young enough because Man, he came into the league so young. I think he was a redshirt sophomore coming out of Penn State. He's still only 27 years old, right? So to to have already gone through his rookie contract, a second contract, and a franchise tag, and still be in his 20s hitting the market for another payday when the salary cap goes back up, I think this might be the perfect move for him. It's probably why he signed his tender so fast. No, I think you might have misheard me. I'm sorry. I, I was saying that he would need to sign his franchise tag. Oh, gotcha. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. So, I mean, he's... Could he, is, he be a sign and trade candidate in your opinion? Yes, I, I do because okay. he is furious about the franchise tag. <laughs> yeah. We're not sure if he's going to play week one for the Chicago Bears. I mean, wow. it's he is not, I mean, probably, but like it's not a certainty, I guess is kind of where I'm I'm at at this point. Because I mean, we're I think September, right after right before the season started, the Chicago Bears offered him a contract extension. And after ghosting uh, not ghosting him but after not really being super interested in negotiating for much of fall camp and you know the summer leading up to it there hadn't been a lot of communication that right before the season they come to him and say hey alan it's your contract year here's 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 one more offer like you don't want to you don't want to tear your acl they didn't say this but you don't want to tear your acl again in your contract year and then go into free agency why don't you take this team friendly deal right before the season and he felt very insulted by that mm-hmm. He'd been trying to negotiate with them for six months, you know, from the whole offseason. He and his agent had said they were open for business. We want to get a deal done. We want to be in Chicago long term. And so when they when they kind of blew him off and then right before the season tried to pressure him into taking that deal right when the pressure's at the highest, right before that season is going to start, he requested a trade. September of last year, he went to the team and said, Trade me. I I don't want to deal with this anymore. Send me somewhere else. They obviously 
kind of patched things up and made it work. And he focused on the season and didn't raise any kind of stink about his contract throughout the year. But like, so you can imagine like now he's not happy that they franchise tagged him. He wants to be, a, he wants to go get as much money as he can, of course, because he, he feels like he lost out on it last time because of the torn ACL and feels like he could negotiate a big deal with 31 other teams. And he's been trying to negotiate this for 12 months now. Like, so why did the bears need the franchise tag to, delay these negotiations even further. And now they're hamstringing their salary cap by, you know, almost $18 million on the franchise tag when they could do a long-term deal and lower that year one cap hit and save a bunch of money and lock him up long-term. Lauren, look at the bears draft plan. I mean, we saw the Panthers last year go all across the board defense. Could, could the bears do something similar or 85, 90% offense in this class and assuming quarterback doesn't work out a trade up or a Wilson or whatever. Do you think O-line, you know, Vera Tucker, Darisaw, somebody like that is a likely target in the first round? Yeah. First round I'm thinking, I mean, outside of quarterback, it's probably wide receiver or offensive line just because okay. the wide receiver draft class is so deep. I mean, it's, if you're if one of those, if one of those top guys is there, you just, it's hard to pass that up. Ryan Pace always says, He's going to take best player available, but he they all say that he can't. Yeah. He can't saying best player available on our board. And that board is shaped by draft needs, you know? So it's <laughs> like, of course that there's, there's always kind of a balance there, but yeah, offensive line or, or wide receiver in the first round, I, I don't think they can afford to go all offense. Like you'd like to get a quarterback. You'd like to get an offensive lineman. You'd like to get a wide receiver, but you could use, you know, some more youth on the defensive line, some depth there. Edge rusher. You, you don't have a lot of, you know, high quality up and comers there. They used a fifth round pick last year, but not anything that has panned out thus far. You could use, you know, another young safety to work long term there to be with Eddie Jackson. You can always use more linebackers and cornerbacks. So like I, there's there's enough need to go around, but I think certainly the focus is wide receiver and offensive line. Lauren, appreciate the time. I, I'm also enjoying seeing those retweets start to circle around Twitter again with your Sarah McLaughlin-like uh, Allen Robinson-themed, uh, can we can we get Allen Robinson a quarterback? Uh, it's, it's hilarious every time I see it, and I love that uh, after the franchise tag, it's making its rounds again. I don't know how many retweets that thing has yet, but if you haven't found it, go find Lauren Cox on Twitter, at CoxSports1, and watch that video. And I've been a huge fan of Allen Robinson for a long time, whether it's in Chicago or somewhere else. Can we get the man a Pro Bowl quarterback. I mean, it's the least we could do, right? I mean, he's he's put up with so much, and hashtag free Allen Robinson is yes. the is is what the video goes by, and I think it raised a little money for his charity along the way too. So it worked out for everybody. It's awesome. That's fantastic, Lauren Cox, Locked On Bears. Appreciate the time, man. Hey, anytime. Thanks, guys.